Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all night long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song. Here we are, Radical Australia once again, and we have the Empress herself. The Right Royal Highness, Dale Breach. How art thou, Dale? I'm, I'm, I'm as good, well as can be expected, Joseph. What, hey, I've never seen you look so well. Oh. I've never seen you look so well, young lady. <laughs> well, matron. <laughs> Punks have mothers. Apparently. Really? Apparently. They were born the, the normal way. Yeah, well... All Caesarean, obviously. Decanted. <laughs> decanted. Caesareans, I assume. They were yeah, all from Caesareans. the womb, untimely ripped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, we have an interesting... We I always like people dressed in black for a little bit of white. You know, not that I'm a fashion guru, but <laughs> I can tell my people, you know, that this young lady, Lara Sulyo, is a great guest. Hello. Hello. It's all right. I don't bite. I'm too old. I'm only interested in power and wealth at my age. That's all we're interested in. It's the youngsters you've got to watch out for, not the old bastards. It's true. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the money on the table. I'm trying to organise some radiophone stuff You're while talking to you. turning into a capitalist. No, I am a capitalist. <laughs> turning into one. Now, Lara, this is, this is a wonderful interview because I only ask two questions and Dale pops in and out when she feels like it, when she's a, she's very protective. She's playing mother today. She's protective of you, Lara, as I understand. I like you, Dale a lot. So yeah, yeah, I understand you two. Have a, you two go back a long way, do you? Oh, well, as long as 3CR, I guess. So, what, yeah, 40 you years? Might, you, might have tra- you might have trained me even at oh, one stage. Slightly. I think slightly. I got more trained by you maybe. In oh, the oh God. <laughs> Mutual admiration society. Just what we wanted. We ask you two questions. As I said... When you asked, what am I going to talk about? And Dale said, he will lead you. Think of the pride of Erin, all right? I don't know if you did. I don't, I don't <laughs> you know. Do? I was always too tall. I had my, had my hands all the way back like that because the boys were short and I was they six foot short. tall at yeah, 12 yeah. years of age. Funny boys they are, funny those <laughs> little boys. But, uh, yes, the pride of Erin. Think of the pride of Erin and uh, you'll be fine. So we asked two questions. What year were you born? 1982. Good. Well, that's the first question. And now you've got 53 minutes to answer the second question. <laughs> It'll be okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We're, we're very pedestrian. 
If you cry, don't worry. I've got a strike way to run in three, making people cry, all right? <laughs> now, born in 82. What a youngster. A youngster. I started broadcasting in 1977. Wow. So I was broadcasting for five years before you were born. That's how young you are. That's incredible. Now, what's the first thing you remember? The first thing I remember? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's probably home life, being home at life. either my parents' place or my grandma's. And yeah. quite often we didn't really go out much, so we stayed home. Excuse me, how can you remember home life? I want some memories. Memories, exact. Exact, black and white, falling down the stairs, being whacked over the head, something people <laughs> can relate to, you know? I remember listening to to records and then throwing the ones I didn't like, down, rolling them down our backyard yeah. oh, um, wow. walkway, the cement, <laughs> and then my parents finding them later with the scratches. Or <laughs> could, could you, could you, do you remember any of the uh, artists you were humiliating and destroying? <laughs> I assume they were my icons from the 60s. Uh, I just I remember my dad had all the cool records, Did he? Yeah. Gary Newman and stuff like that. Oh, and no. then Gary my, Newman, that's cool. Yeah, yeah oh. it is now, isn't it? It's oh, is better it? than my dad's Herb <laughs> Albert and the Tijuana <laughs> Brass. Rock. Well, oh, then rock. my mum, yeah, mum had embarrassing ones. But then she had really great ones like Credence and stuff. Credence, we only really yeah, threw... Yeah, yeah. We threw a play school run, one down yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but it, later on I appreciated it, and well, I wish I didn't do it. School? We ju- we just didn't want to listen to it. So your parents had a record player. <laughs> you tell us about the record player. I um, had a pride of place in the lounge, did it? It did. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Did, used to. Yeah. 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 Tell us Definitely. about it. Yeah, the TV wasn't really a thing until we started school. Right. Um, the record player had ornaments on it, so uh-huh, you had to take uh-huh. the ornaments off before you put a record on. I can understand. And yeah. doilies. Doilies. Do- <laughs> doilies. Oh, yeah. What colour? Mainly cream or crochet. some kind of crochet, crochet. thing. Crochet. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's very nice. It sounds you... like many Australian lounge rooms. Yeah, it sounds... <laughs> Did you have any orange in the lounge? No, it was mostly brown. Brown, that's um... right. Oh, the 70s was the orange time. Yeah. By, by the brown, you know, that was the orange people's 70s time. Yeah, how boring. Now, your parents both still alive? Yeah. Oh, we can't say rude things about them. I assume they were wonderful people, were they? They, are, Yeah, they are. They yeah. still are? Yeah. All right. There was a period that, no. Oh, <laughs> we will come to that. Relax. <laughs> we'll get all the dirty linen out. You don't have to tell us all at once. Or... Now, where do they come from? Um, they both grew up in Victoria, funnily enough. Really? And, and, where, did they, and where did their parents come from? My grand, my Well, both my um, grandfathers are Albanian. Right, and one my dad's mum is was Australian, mm-hmm. um, Scottish, and my mum's mum is Italian. So, so it's, uh, yeah, mum's mum's Italian, but they were Albanian. Mostly, the yeah. the influence was right. Australian. So I assume they were the minority Christian Albanians who left. No, they were Muslim Albanians. No, but this is the thing. Um, so Albanians really they're culture-based more than anything and mm. whatever church they can get to, whichever is closest to their village, um, mm. they will go to. It's not – if you're a Muslim Albanian, you're not a strict Muslim at all. No, 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 I understand. And if you're a Christian <laughs> Albanian, you're a Christ, but I understand after the Second World War there was a huge exodus of Christian Albanians. Yeah, yeah. Huge exodus, usually the, the, the property class. Yeah, yeah, definitely because of communism, I guess. That's right, the, yeah. My grandfather escaped. Yep, yep. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And uh, do you speak Albanian? 
I understand more than I can speak. speak. So did, the, did uh, obviously, did your parents speak Albanian to each other at home? Uh, no, my dad spoke it more to his dad. Right, And right. now to cousins and, and yeah. things that, when they've gone back. Yeah, one of my best friends, until he had a falling out and he moved to France, the bastard, was Albanian. And they're very <laughs> mercurial, you know, very mercurial, <laughs> you know. There's a wide scope of different Albanians that right. travel most the world. The, yeah, most of them are mercurial, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told him to rot in hell and he said, well, I'll see you down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, you're, you're nodding. All right. So what suburb did you live in? Croydon. Croydon. In I like Croydon. I go to Croydon every Thursday. I go to the Hungary oh, restaurant at Croydon. The Victorian Croydon, though. Yeah, not the South Australian. No, no the Victorian. Is that yeah. Like, no, we uh, grew up in. I grew up in Croydon, Croydon in Croydon, Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, in Adelaide. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know if I want to speak to you. Um, <laughs> can we I get know rid it was rough, but yeah. <laughs> don't judge. Exactly. Tell us about Croydon. What was life like for a little girl in Croydon in the eighties? Um, it was full of. Lots of different characters. Mm-hmm. I went to school every day. I came home every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about music outside of what was in the lounge room. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I got asked to be in a band in high school. And hang on. We haven't, we have, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, am I going too fast? I'll no, do no, this. no, no, no. We ask the questions, you answer, okay? <laughs> Just think of Albania good. under the communist regime. <laughs> we ask, you answer, okay? <laughs> Isn't that right, Dale? See. Si. Yeah. Now Dale's going to ask you some friendly questions, I could. and then I may ask you, I may ask you some questions. Well, I'm just um, curious uh, uh, with the Albanian influence. Sort of, uh, did that make any difference, or did you recognise any difference when you were going to school? Like, did, did, were you othered in uh, any way? I guess I didn't think so, really. But you know, perhaps we didn't do. Stuff for Christmas. We, oh. we had quite a strict upbringing. Um, strict how? Um, my sister and I weren't really allowed to go to things, so mm-hmm. we kind of went to to friends' places, but we didn't really go outside of you know our area much, or to parties or things like that. So at school, it was. Um, yeah, not so noticeable mm. until teens, I guess. Right. Yeah. And um, in primary school, is there any is there any sort of um, like teachers you remember or, or subjects you remember sort of getting excited or, or hurt by? Or? Oh yeah, I had um, probably a, a, a primary school teacher, Miss Nielsen, that. Ah, 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 you're not going to say something rude about her, are you? No, no, no. Oh, good. No, no she. No. Bit worried about that because <laughs> we get two types of teachers. <laughs> the really cruel ones, which we don't mention, we don't use their surname, well, and the nice ones. Oh, but no, she was a nice one. She changed pretty much my life with um, art. Yeah. And um, how? Um, well, I guess her. I'd had other teachers like a year before that and a year after that really stuck to the curriculum, and um, maybe I could blame her for getting into darker stuff, but she did introduce a lot of great poetry and um, art to us and just kind of went off the track a little bit with us. Um, I had a teacher in high school that was similar. We were supposed to be doing maths and he was... I'm interested in this primary school teacher (laughs) putting these ideas in these little kiddies' minds. I know, I know. I mean, mean, the government's right. The government is right. It's not fantastic. (laughs) It is. It's called social engineering. What do you mean she took you... Critical thinking. Hang on, hang on. I'm interested in this. What do you mean she took you to a dark space? (laughs) 
Tell us about the dark spice. It doesn't look like a Kmart catalogue. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, dark spice in primary school, you know, what are your parents thinking, eh? What's this dark spice? They liked her a lot. Yeah, well, I can understand. That's what groomers do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, culturally, that would be quite rich, enriching. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think she picked... It wasn't only my sister and I. She picked up on a... If one any of the kids wanted to do something different, I think she really picked up on it. She was good at putting a magnifying glass yeah, on Yeah, but people. you said dark. Yeah. What do you mean by dark? I mean, like... I mean that kind of stuff that makes you think about things more than every day. That's light. Well, yeah, that is light. <laughs> that is enlightenment. But perhaps to a, a young child, to a young yeah. appears dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe and yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, lovely. What in grade five and six? Yeah, she was. My sister was way smarter than me, so she picked up on that and and, right, right. and pushed towards that. Didn't your sister come into the story? Yeah, yeah, older, younger. You never asked. How many uh, brothers, sisters, older, younger? Uh, she's my twin. Oh, well. Twin? Of ah. course, of course, of course. Twin? <laughs> twin? Who's older? I didn't think we would be talking about this much personal. I expect to talk about stuff at 3CR and no. tech stuff. No, well, no, no, sorry. See, the, no, no, the thing no. is um, yeah. you're, you're very active here and it's really important that uh, – I, well, I think it's really interesting to find how – you got That's to right. the point where you are now because I know you um, as a woman who works behind a sound desk at venues. Now, it, that's rare as hen's teeth, you know, and so I'm interested to see how you came from Croydon mm-hmm. to that space. So yeah. that's that's why we're going through the life. We came through the life. And it is, <laughs> it is, look, it is Radical Australia. It's very personal because what we want to show as Dale said is we want to show where people come from because they come from all different backgrounds yeah. and they end up here. Unfortunately. <laughs> now, 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 so any brothers? Yeah, I've got a younger brother. Poor, poor boy. Did you, did you girls, having twins, do you look the same? Are you, are you monozygotic twins? No, no. No, no. no. So we are similar. You are similar. Yes. Did you whack him around, the poor kid? No, I, he and I were best friends. We played soccer together. You played soccer? My sister and I were best friends. We read and things. But we had this crossover, so... We, we all kind of got Did along. you play soccer in a team? or? Yes, I played for it. Who did you play for? Adelaide, Croatia. Wow. Yeah. Adelaide, Croatia. An Albanian playing for Adelaide, Croatia. Well, now you can't. You, you're not allowed to use the... I know, I know, yeah. I know. I know. So. Is this when you were in high school, was it? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, you know, because I'm interested in soccer. Yeah, because um, I won't tell you why, but I am interested. <laughs> so, Adelaide, Croatia. So, did this woman go to high school? I believe so. You did? What, yeah. I Croydon was, High? Yeah. <laughs> we stayed in the same... <laughs> oh, so you managed yeah. to... You stayed at the same school the whole the whole way through primary and high school? Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a rare thing now, I guess. It it, it's interesting to see friends, kids and things go to school across town and um, mm-hmm. or, you know, having to change schools or mm-hmm. it can be... Yeah, I so, think... So what happened to your sister at year 12? Where did the bright one go? She went to university. All right. And how about you? I did a certificate. I couldn't... I don't know why I didn't want to go to university. But but you're a bright woman. You would have done well at high school. Uh, I found Year 12, the pressure of exams, sort of everything kind of caved in. And I I knew that I I could learn in a practical sense. I didn't Mm. think Mm. I was um, ready to keep continuing Mm. with the 
sitting in front of a book and yeah, yeah. yeah so just well, well there you are Dale there's the answer to your question we can end the interview and go <laughs> go have a drink at the pub <laughs> you know? we know now why she's a sound but that's, that's the thing you know you, yeah. know you learn in so many different ways and maybe that's what that teacher was picking up on yeah, yeah I think that's really important for kids like mm-hmm. um not everyone's the same. I was surprised to hear my nana talk about um, growing up in Perth and that there was a, a lot more choice in if you were good at one thing or, you know, you could go down these different paths rather than saying, what do you want to be when you grow up and then kind of sticking to mm-hmm. maths one and two and chemistry and physics, and no. which is there's no problem with that because obviously we get doctors and nurses and amazing people. But she was right in a way, you know, that choice just opens up so much. So tell us your subject choices in year 12. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I did music and art. Uh, no, sorry, I did art, maths one, maths two, chemistry, physics. Wow. And then the basic English, yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's an unusual combination. Mm. Usually people do French and German with that combination. And you, and you <laughs> added art to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no wonder you're depressed at year 12 doing those subjects. <laughs> no, but, but art and maths and physics, it's, yeah. it's quite, a, quite a mixture. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you drawn to the sciences or the humanities? Or? I loved chemistry. I loved the practical side of chemistry and watching how things worked. And then I found the theory in a lot of the maths, um, uh, yeah, just too much for me. A bit dry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm, sure. Chemistry. Just be careful. <laughs> This program is monitored. There are there are very very you know heavy penalties for people who stray from the beakers. You know, so just be careful, young person. All right, we wouldn't want you to be removed from the interview because then Dale and I'd have to talk to each other. That would be very difficult. It's all right. I'm lazy. You're lazy with the chemistry. All right. So you finish year twelve. You're in Croydon. You're in South Australia. The world's your oyster. What do you do? Uh, work. Work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, did you? Were you like uh, a lot? I know that a lot of kids uh, were under the pressure. You know, either you go to school, go to uni, go to TAFE, or get a job. Mm-hmm. Was it was it like that for you, or was it a choice? A, a little bit. But, um, I decided to have a year to think about things and, and excuse me a gap year. you had a gap year in the 90s what's wrong with yeah, you yeah but That's I didn't amazing. I didn't get sent overseas by my parents or no. anything no. <laughs> um, so hang I, on hang on hang on when I finished high school I went straight to university and then I went straight to work and I'm nearly 65 and I'm still bloody working <laughs> how come you got a gap year well, I in the 90s I, I went straight to um, working to stacking, stacking shelves and um, kind of thinking about what I what I wanted to do next that's and your then, gap year stacking shelves yeah and then I decided to... Hang on, let's get back to the stacking shelves. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, well, bad luck, you're stuck I with us. I think we've all done it at some yeah, stage. Yeah, we've all done it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like... It's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. repetitive, mm. good for the back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, and your co-workers, you've got the professional shelf stackers and then the people like you are there thinking in their gap year. Yeah, <laughs> the headphones in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do the midnight uh, to dawn shift? I did a lot of night night shift, night yeah. feel, yeah. yeah. What do you think about stacking shells? Um, I like the organisation side of it and and I don't know. Well, how, how is that? Like, that, Say that that's right at a time when, say, young adults are getting yeah. getting social, going out and clubbing and all, and, and you're working. Yeah. So, did you? Were you still living at home, or? Yeah, um, I moved out when about two years after that. But I was, um, 
I guess a, after a year of work, I got asked to be in a band. Excuse what me. What do you? Uh, so you play an instrument, do you? Um, yeah. When yeah. did that start? <laughs> so it was all through high school. And um, mm. what instruments do you play? Guitar. And piano. piano very badly. Oh, really? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> badly. Uh, well, I don't play at all. So I, I have played the mouth organ. You've been at 3CR this long and you don't play any I hate music. Oh, really? yeah. I think the Taliban were right, and they are right, and I think Cromwell's the greatest human being. But you play Rodriguez and he starts crying. Oh, I've never go. cried with Rodriguez. <laughs> don't give me that bullshit. What Before crap. or after the documentary? What documentary? <laughs> oh, he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought he was dead. Isn't that's that what the documentary true. was about? They thought he blew himself up uh, yeah. playing a guitar or something? Wasn't that the, the story the that went around? Yeah, but he, yeah, while yeah. he was working as a construction worker somewhere? Yeah, he, was, he took a gap year to work. <laughs> gap five years or ten years. <laughs> uh, all right, what got, what got you out of the gap year? What got you out of stacking shells? Why did you leave home? Was it the band? Probably. <sighs> Yeah, it's all the band's fault. So tell us about the band. Was it, what type of band? What type of people? Men, women? Cool. So, uh, yeah, I was doing, like, um, one topic at another school while I was working. and no, So I was what? just doing music because I didn't get to do music in Year 12. Yeah. And our school didn't have enough people who picked music, so I did it at another school a year later. Long story short, uh, my then-to-be singer... Um, saw me playing in the high school band and she was doing sound and she was the same age as me but she'd had had so much experience in the music scene and had been mixing oh. which this is the whole connection to becoming a sound engineer so mixing yeah, yeah. doing yeah. Well, live she sound. mixing paint or something oh, she sound. did that too no sound engineering. sound engineering mixing at a desk making sure that well, like when you're at a venue and all the venue. bands on stage and there's microphones yeah, everywhere yeah. Lara is the lady in charge of the desk. Don't they have a tape deck at the back? No. It's so automated. This. No, so they've got someone <laughs> throwing records. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? She likes order. She loves stacking. And there you are. That was the giveaway yeah. sign. You know? yeah. Order. You like order. You like it. And that's the thing about a sound engineer, isn't it? It's ordered. Mm. It you, is. Although there is disorder at the end no, of it. No, but you've got you, to have it, have it together. Yeah, yeah. You'll know from panelling as well. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. panelling's nothing like um, having to set up a stage. You know. Yeah, it's Wait, a so similar... when did you start? Concept. When did you start? No, let's, so, let's go back to, yeah, sorry, let's go back to the band. Yeah. I want to hear about this band. <laughs> you, were the, you were the lead singer, were you? What were no, you we were called Star 10 Hash. I think we played with... Star 10 Hash. Your band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we came God. to Melbourne okay. that first time. But... um. That, I guess that introduced me to the small but very rich music scene in Adelaide. Um, there is a music scene in Adelaide? <laughs> yeah, so it can be isolated from everything that's happening on the East Coast, but it meant that you had to make your own way and play gigs with everything from a metal band to a pop band to... We played a Christian venue once, which was interesting. We had to take out every second word in our <laughs> songs. But that was for a fundraiser, so it was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the scene was very vibrant and there was a lot of support and a lot of people doing cool stuff. And so when you say a lot of support, because I know, like, I've been playing... Um, I was playing music in the 90s and as, mm. as a chick, there wasn't so much support. So um, in Adelaide, that was different? Um yeah, there were a lot of 
um, women playing music at the time that I started. And it, it just seemed maybe, I don't know, a little less like... Not every genre genre of band was um, segregated. or So it didn't really matter if you're a man or a woman, yeah. but we had to play shows with someone. So It's, it's that horrible it, world music festival they have there. Is it every February? <laughs> That's what allowed this integration to occur between men and women. It's, 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 <laughs> I'm sure it had something to do with it, didn't you? Because you've got a lot of things. You had the Adelaide Festival, which has been going on for years. Did you get involved in I that? I never knew any of that before you never knew I started any of that. working for... Those sort of festivals. What do you mean? You lived in Adelaide. Yeah. You didn't know about. But what is it? Work they weren't allowed to go anywhere. We, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, well, while you were, uh, while we were talking before, we established <laughs> oh, that the girls sorry. were not allowed to well, go. Well, they anywhere. are Albanians. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nodding my head. <laughs> you know, I mean, all us Southern Europeans were in the same boat. A little, yeah. The girls were all in the same boat. I remember my sisters were, well. They revolted and they went somewhere and, you know, I assume you did the same. Mm. Mm. Yeah, when I wasn't, not allowed, but when I, when the options for soccer were kind of mm. cut short, I went, okay, now I'm playing music and there's a way to, mm. to keep doing the things you want to do. Tell us about soccer, because in those days there was no career path for women in soccer. No, I played with someone who went to Liverpool and, and played for Liverpool, but I'm sure she didn't get paid that much. And who was that? Um, her name was Rosie. I can't mm-hmm. remember her surname. Mm-hmm. But um, it was more. It was for fun. It was amateur league, which right. I'd been introduced to. My dad um, ran a soccer, an ab- amateur team. Yeah. And a lot, yeah. Well, it was the way uh, people survived, wasn't it? They kept their culture going through their soccer club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very vicious when you play the Serbians or the Croatians. It was very nasty. <laughs> I know. I know. I was around. I know what it was like. You'd bring a baseball back to the to oh. to a to a child's suburban game. They'd be pissed at the bar. Goodness. This is all, all all the that was suburban soccer in the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess I don't think about that. No. <laughs> how how different it was to a um, yeah. to a yeah. premier. Yeah, because you weren't you weren't really interested in the soccer. What you're interested in is keeping your cultural identity. No, the chips. Mostly. The chips. The you were interested chips. in the chips, the hot chips. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It was actually a suburban <laughs> soccer game last Saturday. Uh, and uh, the hot chips were still there, but now they've got kebabs <laughs> and souvlakis. Shawarma. <laughs> and the beer and the wine, obviously. So what positions did you play? Wing. Wing. And you're a fast little girl. Sometimes. Mm. Uh, how many goals did you The score? laziness kicks in again. Did you score many goals? A few. It was mm. more about passing the ball. To the perks of the striker. Sharing, yeah. Yeah, sharing. Yeah. Oh. It's a team sport, Joe. Well, it's like music, isn't it? That's a team sport sometimes. Mm. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you decide, oh, look, it's 4.30. It is. It is. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We have with us our special guest. Lara Sulio. That's right. Sulio, which really isn't Albanian. No. That's Italian. Yeah, it got um, the name got changed when my grandfather went yeah. to a camp in Italy. Yeah. Right. Oh, he yeah. actually went to Greece first. First, yeah. yeah. So you're refugees, are you? I guess so. Well, you are, aren't you? Mm. Your families are refugees, and I assume your parents are now screaming about refugees, are they? Yeah, they. <laughs> no, they actually. It's it's a funny thing to watch, like sometimes third, second generation, third generation. 
have a bit of viciousness, viciousness about that topic. And thankfully enough, my parents aren't like that. But um, yeah, they um, yeah, they're not. People forget. They, they do forget. They've got they really short memories. They forget. Yeah. Once, what do they call it? The drawbridge mentality. Once you get to safety, you pull the drawbridge so nobody else can mm. upset you. Yeah, you'd be amazed at the attitudes among a lot of ex-refugees. Yeah, it's um, quite shocking to me when I hear things like that. And mm. maybe it's, <clears throat> I think, telling, um, sharing history with people when they're young and t- telling your kids things that maybe aren't, isn't so you know, shiny and happy is kind of important because then you have a bit of, you know, an understanding of what people are going through. Mm. All right. Sure. The tsunami in your life. Why did you leave Croydon and Adelaide <laughs> and how old were you? What happened? How did I end up at 3CR? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> you didn't come from... You were, we don't care about 3CR to the last three minutes. We ask the questions, all right? We've got to get there. Well, that sucks. I thought it was going to be about 3CR. It's not about 3CR. It's about you. Okay. This um, is one hour about you. So what made you think that you could leave Croydon and your parents and your brother and sister? What's going on in your head? I wanted to work in the music industry. And but I, you told me it was a great inclusive industry in Adelaide. It was playing. Um, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was doing... Sound at a venue. Um, so you were you you were starting to doing engineering back then. Yeah. Did you do a course or something or just yeah? When I did a certificate after that year off, okay. oh, year of working, and then I um, at that time you had to pay up front to do SAE. So I I did that, um, and then I kind of uh, took a break from. I didn't really find any work in sound engineering. Mm. Um, and then I, a band, a friend's band ended up uh, and sound engineer didn't show up to a show and the PA was actually in pieces. It wasn't set up. So that was like the first job I ever did and a well-paid job I got paid you at the end. saved the day. Yeah, in a sense. So it was fun um, and I got paid and then I decided it was something I wanted to do. Better than being a musician, you actually got paid. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It is. Yeah. So I just thought you just switched on the switch, light switch. Is, it, is there more work involved? Yeah, there's more. There's oh, we'll always. talk about it later on. I don't like work. So why did you come? Why did you come here to Melbourne? Um, yeah, I because I didn't want to work a nine-to-five job in sales and I knew there was a lot of work in the music industry here. Yeah, yeah. I knew the guys that own the old bar. And which, they, which bar? The old bar in oh, Fitzroy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And um, I was kind of offered a job there before I got here, oh, which was... Oh, that's a stroke of luck. Yeah, it was awesome. I used to host a lot of Melbourne bands um, when I lived in Adelaide. And, um, what do you mean host? How did that come about? Oh, that's pushing my memory. Um, oh, a guy called... A guy who used to bring bands over... To Adelaide, he he's um, now in Berlin. His name's Jimmy Trash, and he um, he introduced me to all these people who were in such cool bands that I, you know, I'd never really been introduced to anything outside the punk or metal scene, mm. and um, in Adelaide, and then they all started coming over and needing places to crash and playing with my band, and it just flowed from there. Um, yeah, we we all had a common thing that we loved and, and before, made friends straight away. And before you knew it, you're in Melbourne town. Yeah, 
What's the first suburb you moved to? Fitzroy. <laughs> Fitzroy. Oh, sorry, Joe. What you year? could you could you could write <laughs> this. You could. Do you remember what year you moved oh. to Fitzroy? Um, two thousand and nine, because it's oh, the okay. same year I started here. Okay. So, so you, was, you, what you spent thirty years in Adelaide? No, twenty one. Twenty one, but too fast. What happened between? If you're born in eighty two. You know. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened. Just so you went work. somewhere else before you went somewhere else before you went to Adelaide. No, uh, Melbourne, I mean. No, no, I was in Adelaide up until Melbourne. Uh, yeah, oh. you stayed there until your early thirties. Yeah, don't worry. It's going to be a place that people want to go back to now. It's, <laughs> it's cheaper than Melbourne. I mean, I was squatting a house in Adelaide Hills in 1971, which was very nice. Yeah, but that's all I can remember. So it was those because we used to have the um, what they used to call them the big festivals, the Aquarius festivals, oh. seventy one, seventy two. I don't there. know about that. You don't know about the Aquarius festivals. No. Oh, sorry, Joe. And again. you're a musician. I can just imagine you at Cornfest. <laughs> no, no, ten times better. But so, what did you do between you know when you in your young twenties and you started off in two thousand and nine in Adelaide? Played music, worked. Worked. Worked crappy jobs. What, stacking shelves again? Um, bit of that, cleaning toilets, uh, sales. <laughs> yeah, a bit of everything. I could see you in the perfume counter. <laughs> <laughs> it was computers. A computers. <laughs> it's a sad computers. story. <laughs> really? Can you tell us about it? No. No, that one's boring. Yeah, sales is sales doesn't really strike me as your kind of thing. No, that must have, was was it? <laughs> I know you've got to earn a quid, but that must have been a bit of a challenge. Uh, it was hard. It was great um, up until a point, like the customer service side of it, and um, we're selling recording gear and things like that, and computers to creative people. But then I, the business kind of changed, and um, uh, they made made you fill out these horrible forms every day performance forms and mm. I just I couldn't stick to that structure I couldn't um, move anywhere in, in a job like that really. mm. yeah mm. Yes, not that it's a bad thing for other people no. yeah. I don't know it can be a little soul destroying yeah soul destroying <laughs> so, yeah. so do, do you reckon by 2009 you were pretty hot stuff as far as sound engineering is concerned in Adelaide you knew all the ins and outs and so, yeah, you'd be, you would have been doing it for at least five years by then? Yeah, mm. I'd had a good run um, in a, in a, for a few years at the Metro right. um, across from the central markets there, and they're very lovely, very supportive of local bands and things like that. And I'd started to do a few other things like a bit of recording for people and things like that, but I, I pretty much jumped straight into this, into the Melbourne thing, yeah. Have you ever had any power failures? Because <laughs> uh, that would be the total disaster, wouldn't it, for a sound engineer? <laughs> There's not a lot you can do. Yeah, no, it right. makes your job redundant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, people are going to put on candles and actually sing no. yes. instead of being amplified. Actually, I saw Julian Welch and um, Dave Rawlings play and they did a whole song off the microphones nice. recent, a few months ago. And I thought, I just thought, it sounded beautiful. It was in at the palace, mm. St Kilda. And I kind of went, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm redundant. <laughs> they don't need me. Nobody needs me. No. <laughs> Thank goodness they don't all do that. 
<laughs> I can imagine. It it's a little like bit that. like being a taxi driver these days. An Uber turns up. <laughs> it's the same moment, an Uber moment. Yeah. <laughs> so when you came to Melbourne in... We'll forget about Adelaide. When you came to Melbourne in 2009, what did you expect? Do you have any expectations? Because you'd be in the early 30s. Yeah. No, I didn't. I knew that it, I was going to be doing a lot of different type of recording or um, I don't know. The, I knew that the variety of bands was a lot sort of different to in Adelaide at the, at the time. Um, I didn't really, I think, coming to 3CR and doing the live tours here, I was sort of, Meg brought me in and there was a, a lot more learning that happened through that. So troubleshooting was a thing because not all, not like the gear didn't always work and the bands that came in were always different. I didn't... Excuse me. Excuse me. That's very rude, saying the gear at 3CR doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, because like we work on the smell of an oily rag, there's no need to rubbish the gear at 3CR, is there? No, but it's about being resourceful, you know, yeah, no, and, yeah, and troubleshooting. Yeah. 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 Does chewing gum help? <laughs> I think if I spent a lot of time in a digital studio that just worked, I wouldn't know how to fix problems. Uh-huh. So that's a pretty important. So part you came in because three CRs a sound musicians uh, museum, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yes. you're, you're condescending little person. No, no. <laughs> It's a real world training ground. Yeah, that's right. what it is. It is. You would have um, at that stage we would have still had carts. Yeah, I think they were just being phased out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of te- a lot of technology changes really, really quickly, and especially with sound engineering equipment. Like, it was was there a big change between um, you know analog and digital for you? Did you, that you notice? Um, yeah, I've started on the desk. Yeah, yeah, a lot of live shows, a lot of big venues are now digital, yeah. and that's been a bit of a process while retraining without going to school, but learning off. Uh, a lot of amazing people in the industry as well, um, house engineers and things like that. So. A house engineer. Yeah. What's that, something like an executive producer? No, they're more like the person who makes sure things don't get broken and looks after the venue. Oh, right. Oh, house engineer. So what are you? I'm a freelance engineer. Not a house engineer. No. So nobody will employ you. So you're freelance. <laughs> I so have been one for a brief Not time. just one place. Ah. Yeah. So she's not a slave to You're me. a freelancer, aren't you, Joe? No. I'm just a slave, a wage slave. <laughs> now getting back getting back to bands, this is interesting because they're particularly most people in bands are particularly obnoxious, aren't they? To the sound engineer? No. No? No. They don't, don't they think they know everything when they walk in? Some. Some. Now honestly here, that's what I want to know. So <laughs> so tell us tell us all the things that annoy a sound engineer, you know? <laughs> Because you wouldn't know these people, would you? You kind of maybe There's no need to mention any names. No, 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 no. names. No, no. Just that? mention types. I think Gunning, you know a bit there, Dale. I do. <laughs> tell us about it, because obviously there are it's a human interaction, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's what it is at the end of the day, the sound engineer in the band. It's a you know, it's just be a, a real human interaction, human beings trying to create something to, you know, please other people. Mm. So there's always problems in human interactions, as we know, for relationships. Yeah. So what annoys you as a sound engineer? Mostly I find a five-minute conversation before anything happens solves all. Like, I haven't come up against much annoyance in my life. There has been a, a, 
a few instances where people have pointedly done the opposite to what I've requested, to put it nicely. That's just crazy, because you have the power to turn them down. No, but in a sense, if I... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you have to respect both both sides of the argument. I think if, if someone wants something particular from their stage sound or how they feel comfortable playing music, I'm not going to argue that at all. If they want to be loud, they can be loud in my book. But um, what I will do is things like say, hey, do you want to face your amp right in your face or across <laughs> across the stage at your bass player and then your mm-hmm. bass player will tell you to turn down, not me. So yeah, yeah. I don't have to deal with it. No. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to do it too. Yeah. The old, the old shit sandwich. Yeah, she, she's a psychologist, you know. It is read 80%. People. So. You read people, you know. You lead them to water and you hope they drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, any particular disasters you've had in Melbourne? As a sound engineer, not, <laughs> not in your personal life. <laughs> it should be too good. Laura's <laughs> too professional. No, That's no, I have, I've had a few. Tell us, tell us one, just one. Uh, one would be, a, I'd say, someone bringing in their own PA to a venue <laughs> that didn't need a PA Ooh. that big. Yeah. Ah. That's the only thing I've had a real trouble and, and with. And how did that turn out? Like... <laughs> it was fine by the end of the day. Um, yeah, I think when I well, take you a smashed s- it with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up and I let them make a mess of the cables, pretty much. Uh-huh. Um, but I do find if I do step back too far, things aren't going to run how I want them to run. Well, that's the thing about um, being behind the desk. You have to be so organised. You got to know what. Cables going to what mic, and how close? Like especially when you're micing up a drum kit, and you're trying, you know, yeah, uh, it's just way too complicated for me to even consider doing. So when I see you behind the desk, just not sweating, it always surprises me. Like, do, but do you sweat? Like, or is it just a calm exterior? Yeah, there's no, there's been moments. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's funny because I noticed the that when bands have. This might not be. This might be a generalisation, but I find that that's okay. Joe does it all the time. Does he? <laughs> yeah, I love generalisations. It's the only way to understand life. <laughs> I'd have to say, eighty percent of the time, when I like the band's music, on a personal level, they seem to be more respectful of the space. But if it's like a, re- I find sometimes if the band are pushing too hard in some way to be to be about the gear that they've got or be about, um, the, you know, the popularity or the making it... The pose, the style. Yeah, I find that it's funny how many gigs they can do with, you know, and still kind of be disrespectful to the space. Mm. Not so much to me, but, it, yeah, things like being considerate to other bands, other musicians on stage and, yeah. A lot of, in the early days, a lot of DIY... Things that I went to, I was. Um, you tore the hair out of DIY, I think. <laughs> I was impressed no, come by on, the organisation. Let a professional speak here, Dale. <laughs> I'm always I mean, impressed by a- the organisation at those kind of shows. In a sense that the the gear is always shared, and the, um, not always, but you know, in yeah. some ways, people play hard and they pack up their gear and they get off for the next band, and it's it's all got a flow to it. 
Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's a time thing and an experience thing. And also, thing. like, often the, it, it's bands of a, a similar genre or something. Or, or, I know, like, with the punk crew and stuff, you know, you, you want to get on... Often there's, like, 18 bands playing. So yeah. <laughs> if you want to get your 25 minutes, then you've got to make sure everyone's on and off. At, yeah. Is that... How, what do you do when um, bands aren't? <laughs> like, you're... you're, you're Oh, you're not. You're a diminutive lady, I could say. You're petite. Uh, well, how do you get these big boy bands to uh, listen to you? Yeah, or if they're like drinking beers on stage with all their gear oh. in a mess and not moving, I, I generally just say, hey, the next band are really waiting to get on and. Look at them. They, they can't wait. They're so organised with their stuff. And They're already tuned up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it's yeah. just a politeness thing. I, I don't think it's a band's fault when they do that. I think they're just maybe really unaware of what's mm. happening. Yeah. Have a fourth buy an electric prod? <laughs> no. <laughs> be very useful, I think, in your job. No, just a smile will a do A smile it. will do. I think that's why you're so successful, because, um, you know, you do get grumpy sound guys. Of course. And, and uh, it can be really difficult to work with some sound people. Have you? What's your experience um, working with other sound people been like? Um, it's generally been really, really good if it's a house engineer. If it's someone coming in and I'm the house engineer or just happen to be the main person then I usually don't have a problem unless they change a whole heap of settings or but I that rarely happens here I think everyone knows everyone else in the scene so mm. it's kind of and they've all got similar goals yeah similar sound goals even. it's about helping each other a lot of the mm. time yeah now have you been to Croydon in Melbourne no <laughs> <laughs> why not there's a great music venue in Croydon. There. There's a great music venue in Croydon, <laughs> in Melbourne. Should I just go back? You should go. No, so, no, no, Croydon in Melbourne. It's a full circle moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you know, you, sh- you need to go to Croydon in Melbourne. Forget about Croydon, South Australia. That's where you came from. You're not going to go back there. We know that. Mm-hmm. They have a great old-fashioned music hall in Croydon. All right. Things do happen in Croydon what and Lilydale. Rolled some records down there. Yeah. Well, it'll be about 35, 40 k's from here, and it's not all downhill. And you've got the railway lines you've got to cross, and there's the lights. So, have you ever actually been out of Fitzroy since you've been in Melbourne in 2009? <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 I can't believe you people. But, um, but that's a good point. It um, is. I mean, you just CBD, is it? Is that it? No, I live up further out now. Oh, we won't ask you where you live. Um, how did you get, how did you get, um, so you landed in Melbourne. How did you meet 3CR? Um, through Meg Butler. So I'd met her. Uh, everyone. She, uh, d- yeah. She's got, she's got a lot. She's got a lot to answer. We need for. another hour to talk about Meg. Meg's We're wonderful. not here to talk. We will <laughs> talk to Meg. We're not going to talk about anybody on this program. We're talking about you, Lara. All right. Well, okay. my experience was that um, from the moment I started doing training here with Meg bringing me in and um, Cara was here, I think, doing live sound. Mm. Just, um, yeah, I guess they, they passed on so much knowledge and... Mm. Were you associated with a particular program for the Life to Wears? A burning vinyl. Burning vinyl. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic show. Mm. 
Oh, because you get so many different types of um, music in, that would be such a learning experience because one week it might be acoustic and, mm. and just vocal, but the next week it'll be some psychedelic soundscape. And you've got to be able to adjust to all of that. Like, I suppose that's, that comes from time. Like, or, you know, do you have to use different equipment? What's the story? Yeah, it's a different approach every time. Yeah. It's really good, actually, for training and for listening to different types of music and opening yeah being open to various types of bands and people doing experimental music and Mm. especially so what what advice would you give say um if uh i'm I'm actually interested in young women getting more involved in engineering sound you know and um and it is it can get a bit blokey so what advice would you give to to someone who is interested how do you, where, do you, where do you start? What do you do? Yeah, um, come to 3CR. You, there's the training course <laughs> here. No, no she's <laughs> she got a great point. Yeah. She's got a great point. This is a community of, sh- of skill sharing that's, that's um, incredibly generous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that and, and a lot of venues around town are really, you know, if you haven't mixed a live show before, that's probably, and you've had the training, then that's, so that's the first point So it's kind of a call. traditional apprenticeship scheme, is it? Learning on the job. Learning on the job, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions because I'm a bit concerned about you being here for, um, was it seven years in (laughs) Melbourne and you've never been to Croydon? Have you ever been to Frankston? Yeah, I've been to Frankston. Good. Broadmeadows? Yeah. Very good. Caroline Springs? No, I haven't been. No? Lilydale? No. Ringwood? No, I haven't been to Ringwood. Blackburn? No. What's wrong with the eastern suburbs? <laughs> there's a music scene out there. Um, up in the hills, there's some, like, up yeah. Fern Tree Gully and stuff. Yeah. They get, I think Stray Cast played there, like, yeah. a year ago or so. Yeah, right. Do you ever sort of, um, yeah, do you ever go to other venues or do you mainly just do the like, the, the old bar? I get to go, I, it's a bit of a jump. I get to go on tour with one or two bands. So I get to wow. do, like, um, sometimes Castle Main and, and the venues that, the band tour. will go. That'd be good fun. Yeah. So, and then up, you know, country sort of, country Victoria and then up to Sydney and sometimes um, so Wollongong. The more successful bands have their own sound engineer. Some do. Well, I often, often um, if you're on a lineup, you might, yeah. you have to provide your own engineer oh. or you have to pay the house engineer. Mm. Nice, nice. So, so who pays you? Usually the band, yeah. The, band. the venue in Usually for city shows, mm. the venue, or mm. if you get hired by the venue, you get paid by them. Are you going to make a million dollars? Don't think so. <laughs> well, you make enough to no. pay your bills? Well, yeah. cool. You must be very good then. Uh, she is. Busy. Busy, busy. Busy. So you do a lot of, uh, you're kind of like a bulk billing Medicare clinic. you got to keep busy to survive. <laughs> Bit of double survive. shifting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that means you don't actually have much of a life, do you? But that's the beauty of working in music. Your social life is your job. Yeah, you'll know from playing Dale that you get to have a social life. Oh, that, that is my social. I don't and then go you out get a, band, a, a rider. Gig, you know? Yeah, yeah. You get a rider and you get to be. I mean, social. You shouldn't mix work and pleasure. Do you get a rider? I do. What's a rider? What's um, a rider? You know, like um, oh, say a band will get uh, maybe three drinks each or something. You know, and it's usually piss week. Bands getting. Bugger all, and but but the sound guy gets the writer. Yeah, about the same. Oh, okay. okay. I've heard some sound engineers get a meal. 
That's pretty great. Jeez, that's what's, pretty ritzy. What's wrong with that? Cr- <laughs> An aristocrat. Are, are, you, are, you people, are you people collectivised or unionised, you sound engineers? Because no. Have you ever thought of actually unionising the sound engineers in, in Melbourne? Because you play a critical role in the music scene. And if you don't get a meal, that's, that's, that's crap. It is a good idea. This has come up before with the, um, you know, a few older sound engineers that have mentioned, you know, support for the hours that they do and um, especially the guys that started in the 80s and 70s who've been lugging huge PAs their whole lives and, um, Mm. yeah, Mm. I don't It's it's, And it's one of the the most important jobs, um, you know, at an event. This the sound person. You've got all of the pressure on you, and you've got all the people asking, "Oh, can I get a bit more fallback here? Oh, the drummer can't hear my guitar." You know, um, yet, yeah. So you, I suppose you'd have to have a certain temperament to be able to um, take it all on board. Like you're very organised, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah live sound is stressful, but um, like Alex, who's just done the training here, was saying, um, when you, it's a skill set that you kind of seek out for a reason or you know you want to put that those skills to um to a good use maybe by doing fundraisers or volunteering at 3CO and things mm. like that I think if you're drawn to it anyway it it doesn't seem like a stressful job it's it seems like a creative yeah. and fun job too yeah. Mm. Yeah. and you're very generous with your skills too because you do a lot of work for 3CR a lot of um you know I've, you've done OBs outside broadcasts as well as um live to airs and stuff mm. and um you know i think it's it's great like lara was um, produced my the first band that I brought in, you know, the, the Oily Girls from yeah. Scotland. Yeah. And I was so excited and, and you were just so calm and I was as she's nervous a, as anything. She's a professional. <laughs> That's what a professionals do. They're calm and they get paid for it. <laughs> All right. You. It was a freebie. Yeah. All right. One final word from you, young lady. About anything? About yourself. What do you expect to do in the future? Oh, I hope to spend a bit more time making music now and um yeah just um i think a slow burn is kind of my way of doing things i've not really got a plan as such but Mm. things shift in waves are you in a band at the moment yeah i'm playing in a band called 14 nights at sea i started off doing sound for them and they kindly asked me to join on guitar and we've got a lot of shows coming up and things. Um, if you want to plug any right now. Oh, yeah, Saturday we've got one at the Old Bar. Excellent. With Mount Mountain from Perth, which should be great. Fantastic. Yeah. I assume you'll be going to Berlin to live next. That's where everybody's going at the minute in the music scene. No, really. No. They are. Berlin. No? You You should. I'd probably go back to Adelaide. Before you went to Berlin. Before I went to Croydon. Berlin. <laughs> yeah, I end up in Croydon, Joe. I can't believe it. <laughs> Berlin. If you're this good, you should be in Berlin. That is the music capital of the universe. The no, minute. I'm just grateful that she's, that you're around here because you give us so much help here. It's amazing. And um, we're incredibly grateful for your, the work you do here. Oh, thanks for having me in. And I'm grateful to have, you know, worked with so many great people here too. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just so heartening to see women who are really good at what they're doing behind a sound desk. So, you know, thanks for coming on today. Oh, thanks Thank very you. much for having me. No worries at all. And uh, Joseph? 
Oh, nothing. I'm just overwhelmed with the love between you two. <laughs> it's, it's just a love fest. I can't believe it. Um, Larry used to play you, in you an sure L7 cover band. Yeah. And we, we played with them. And they were uh-huh. wonderful. L7 are touring. Yeah. Uh, we've uh, probably got to go to that show together, I'd say. Well, we, we were going to try and get the support slot, oh, but I haven't heard anything back. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that email. I'll like, pass on I feel like a boy over here watching you to enjoy yourselves. Okay, folks, so let's just wrap this up with a couple of plugs. This Friday night at 24 Moons Bar at number 2 Atherton Road in Northcote, you can come along to Be Good to Your Mother. It's a a National Breast Cancer Foundation fundraiser and Shit Sex, Liquor Snatch, Red Light Riot and Crystal Myth will be playing. And then on Saturday night, you can see 14 Nights at Sea at the Old Bar. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So your weekend sorted, people. Our, our shameless self-promotion is over now. And uh, thanks very much for putting up with it. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, Laura. Thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.